Hi, and welcome to episode 49 of No Crying in Baseball, the clinch episode. My name's Patty, and I get to say the word clinch. You hardly ever get to say the word clinch. Potty mouth, my dear friend, do you want to say the word clinch? I want to say the word Red Sox. I'm going to say the word Red Sox. That's two words. I'm going to say both of those words this episode loudly and proudly. I've been holding back. I've been really, really trying. In the early days, it was said maybe by one or two or maybe even more people that I used that term too often in the podcast. I should have been spreading the love. But you know what? When you got something going, there's a lot to say about it. And the Red Sox have got it going right now. Are you going to say the word clinch about them? They clinched. What yes. Did, what did they clinch? They Tell me what they clinched. They clinched a playoff berth. We are not sure which one yet. We're not sure if it's the division or if it's the wild card, but they are going to the playoffs. And that is enough for me to be happy right now. That's sweet. That's sweet that they clinched a playoff berth. But you know what? The fight in Francona's, the Cleveland team clinched an actual division championship. They are the AL Central Division champions. They did it after the Red Sox clinched that adorable, cheers, playoff berth, but they actually clinched. And you know what? They did it by beating the Tigers. Okay, it's the Tigers. They beat the Tigers 15 to nothing and clinched their division championship. Okay, well, congrats on the two-point conversion (laughs) off of the touchdowns, but I just want to say that the Red Sox have 102 wins and something else is going on right now as we're recording they are tied up with the Mets but 102 wins so that's that's mighty respectable it is mighty respectable and I do respect them for that I just got to give the fight in Francona's a little bit of love this week we're going to talk about things that I don't approve of because I'm such a fuddy-duddy this is the Patty's old episode as well as the clinch episode we're going to talk about celebrating clinches Uh, We're going to talk about bad decisions by Padres gamers. Oh, God. We're going to talk about history-making American League players. We're going to talk about some things having to do with Hurricanes Florence and back to Hurricane Maria. Last week, we looked at the National League Cy Young race contenders. This year, we'll take a look at the American League Cy Young contenders. This, this week. week? Yeah. This week. yeah, it's that old thing creeping in already. Yeah, see, I'm old. I forget what I say. Yeah. I have senior moments. God, I should have more, less beer, beer more no, beer. More. I can't remember which way helps. We're going to talk about some Japanese tournaments, and we're going to have a little science, a little game theory, a little math about tiebreakers as we approach the playoffs, because I think we may need some of them. Okay, hit me with things I don't approve of. All right, we'll we'll see what happens. But talking about those who are going to the playoffs and how they celebrated said clinching. And yes, you've got a point with the Cleveland team getting the division title, but they looked like middle schoolers with water guns, you know, with the champagne blowing all over the place and the goggles. And I think Francona must have been hiding under a table somewhere. They looked happy. They should be happy. But you compare that with the dignified scene of when the Red Sox clinched and they're all sitting around with Alex Cora sipping champagne from cups like big boys. Mm-hmm. No okay. sippy cups there. Okay, I approve of that. I yeah. approve of that 100%. See, I avoid all of those videos because I, I always find myself saying, oh, God, there's such little boys. I hate this. I don't want to watch this. Had I known, maybe I'll go back and enjoy the refined celebration of the Red Sox. So fighting Francona's awesome on your actual division championship, but boo, grow up with the champagne, right? Yeah. That's so old. <laughs> that said, they might have been saving it for another level, like say if they win this World Series, I do not see them sip, sipping and sitting. Or when they actually clinch the division championship, which okay. they will. They will do that. It's, it's clear they're going to do that. So maybe they're going to just like step up because if they party too hard now, what's left? Yeah, right? you, you just can't party too hard. I think I've learned that. I think I've learned that. Uh, my boyfriend on yes. the Red Sox is yes. doing some great things. He I is. think Mookie Betts, my pookie, has 40 doubles and 20 steals 
for the past four years. So he just got it for this year for the fourth time. And he is the only player in Major League Baseball history to have done that feat. Now it's an interesting statistic is to it pair the, up. The four years in a row is the feat? It's yeah, the four cool. years in a row That's that he's awesome. done 40 doubles and 20 steals for four years. I don't know what the stats are for like 40, 25 or, you know, or whatever other combination of facts, but it sounds cool, doesn't it? It does sound cool. And there's some uh, some uh, other American League players who are also making history with similar kinds of stats this week. Uh, my boyfriend, Francisco Lindor, of said Fighting Franconas, and his teammate, Jose Ramirez, became this week the first teammates in Major League history to each hit 30 home runs and steal at least 20 bases in one season. Interestingly, Ramirez is already at 30, 30, 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. He's the first major league player to do that in six years. He won't be the only one because Pookie is very close behind and he'll definitely get there this year. Yay. Yay for, for Pookie. But it's really rare because base stealing isn't as popular as it used to be. So that's the end. I mean, we're, we've been off the charts with home runs for a while, but base stealing has is just kind of starting to come back a little bit. It was definitely at a low. So reaching that number is hard to do on the base stealing size side. The other interesting thing is that Lindor and Ramirez are the first switch hitting teammates in Major League history with 30 home runs apiece. So yes, there is a stat for everything, but they're pretty cool, aren't they? Now on to something else that I don't approve of. Gaming? Is that it? Is that what you don't approve of? You just go just go a little bit and I'll tell you where you, you'll know. Okay. So you'll know. I just want a little bit of an intro on this. I was thinking of, especially because I knew that the Red Sox were going to be coming up this week, that I wanted to reach out to some past boyfriends. Wait a minute. You're making a Padre story about the Red Sox? That's awesome yeah. how you managed to say <laughs> them again. See how I did that? I got that in. But this is what this was my logic behind it, that uh-huh. I was thinking, I need to find something that I don't talk about enough in order to balance it out. So I looked at my boyfriend list and I thought, yeah, Padres, don't talk about them enough. And I love saying Aswaje. Isn't that great? Oh, I remember Aswaje. We had a whole episode about that. We so did. Carlos Aswaje. Can I say it again? Aswaje. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. That works. That totally works. Second baseman for the par- Padres, short, sort of, sort of, sort of, because now he's hanging out with the Chihuahuas. For the fourth time of the year. He keeps going down to the Chihuahuas. That's a country song. That is totally a country song. I'm going down to the Chihuahuas. I think goes well with that, too. Aswaje down to the Chihuahuas. Are you aswaheing down to the Chihuahuas? Never mind. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Somebody needs to write the music. Anyway, he has been into gaming. I don't know how long, but I've been following um, him on Twitter since we became boyfriends. So, like, since he was a kid? So, like, two, three years? I No, <laughs> I don't think it's that long. But a lot of the criticism of him in the beginning of the season on his Twitter feed was, dude, pay attention to baseball. You're talking about this gaming all the time. And it turns out he actually owns a gaming company called Motivate. And that eight is the number eight. And he posts way more about gaming than he does about baseball. So he's been going down to the Chihuahuas a lot. I don't know what the connection is. He's not getting enough sleep because he's staying up late gaming, so he's not playing at his best. I'm just guessing. Oh, there's that disapproval coming in. It's sneaking up in there. Did you see that happening? You did that well. I think you're right, though. I'm going to side with you on this one because he started, because of Twitter popularity, he said, you want to watch me game? So he started twitching. Twitch is a thing where you watch people play video games. I totally don't understand this concept. I prefer clinch, but Twitch is is the thing. Okay. So he's been getting twitchy with his friend. (laughs) I'm twitchy just listening to the story. (laughs) With his friend, Will Myers, who apparently is the Padres power hitter in the outfield. 
and they're hanging out and they're fortnighting, right? That's the thing. And uh, and Will's just like talking about what's going on and he's complaining, man. He said the Padres are doing cutoff and relays tomorrow at three o'clock in September, dude. Oh, my God. It's so miserable, man. Insane. So like saying, what the fuck are the Padres doing working so hard in September? We're not going anywhere. We're the anyway. Padres. Who cares about us? And then he personally disses his manager by saying Andy could not be any worse than he is right now. And Aswake's report uh, return is, dude, I'm streaming this. And so then the world knew that Myers was complaining about his manager. So sense my disapproval here that really people spend time watching other people, the streaming feeds of other people playing video games. There are so many levels of this that I don't relate to. I'm old. I, I should really consult with members of my family because I do know that they watch Twitch but go figure. Green apparently does not. I and wish he, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so manager Andy Green uh, said, basically, there's no excuse. Like you can't you can't excuse it. You said it. It's on there. He said there was just ownership and an apology. So I, I'm guessing that Mr. Myers was a little sheepish and gave a sincere apology, could not deny anything. Yeah. And I think he, he came clean. He's like, yep, I did it. And I, I read a little bit about that, too, because I'm fascinated by these things that I don't approve of. And and the manager said, I get it. Who doesn't complain about their boss? Who doesn't complain about their job? The problem was it was public when he it shouldn't have been public. It should have been just two guys gaming and not the whole world or some weird, weird. I don't I, I, I'm, I apologize to any of our listeners out there who are folks who pay attention to this stuff because, ew. but yeah, maybe you can teach it to us. Just explain it to us a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. All right. If you like what you hear on our show and you're telling your friends about it, that's awesome. We need a little help to keep going. So if you have a chance to go over to patreon.com and become a supporter, that would be a wonderful thing. If you go to patreon.com slash no crying in b-ball, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash no crying in b-ball and become a supporter today, you have access to extra content, you get extra long interviews, you get some blog posts, and you help us pay to make this show happen. So thank you for your support. Before I say one nice thing about the Braves, if you hear some weird background sounds that sound like a dog panting, it's a dog panting. It's, it's not me. It's not, not me. it's not potty mouth. It's not El Jefe. It's El Jefe's dog, Coco. So feel free to say hello to Coco, and um, she will maybe continue to comment on, on, on what she hears on the show. Now I'm going to say one nice thing about the Braves. As you may know, I hold a grudge against the Braves dating back to, oh, the middle of the 1990s and some World Series against the Cleveland baseball team. But they're doing a good thing right now. Um, they are, I think, the closest baseball stadium to the path of Hurricane Florence. And it is very likely that people who have evacuated the coast in the path of the hurricane have gone to Atlanta to seek safety. So the Braves organization has offered free tickets for all the games this weekend to anyone who has evacuated to the Atlanta area. And they're giving them discounts on concession stands. And I don't know. I know our local um, ballpark does a 50-50 raffle with the money going to like a local charity. Apparently the Braves do the same thing. Maybe your ballpark does the same. For this weekend, they're dedicating the charitable part of the 50-50 raffle to the Red Cross to help with hurricane relief. So thank you, Braves. Nice thing about you. Related to that, there's a lot of 
colleges around there that have canceled football games over the weekend. And there was a cool, creative way that one college is supporting hurricane um, hurricane relief, people who have evacuated. Colgate was coming to play at Furman. Furman is in Greenville, South Carolina. That game got canceled. So the Colgate team, of course, they freed up their hotel rooms to make room for evacuees. They weren't going to need them. But they continued to pay for the meals they had reserved and said, please give these meals to families who have evacuated and are going to come stay there, which I thought was cool. It didn't cost them a lot. It bought a lot of goodwill and it probably eased the trauma for a lot of people just a little bit. So thank you, Colgate. I appreciate what you did there. Totally. And I think it sort of set the bar for others, too, because it's such a simple gesture, but maybe not so obvious to people. So that's a really good example for others to follow. Uh, I have a bad example to follow or maybe just a bad story related to hurricanes. We've been talking a lot over the past fucking year about the effects of Hurricane Maria on Puerto Rico. And we have talked a lot about the devastation and how it has personally affected a lot of major league players who are Puerto Rican, including Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, who when it was part of his deal, when he took that manager job, was getting the Red Sox to agree to send people down for relief. And that's back in episode 17, if you want to look at it. So you can imagine how all of us felt. I want to include myself here, right? The Puerto Rican players, people who have been following this. When our president this week denied the fact that 3,000 people have died as a result of the hurricane and said that he was down there and there was like 6 to 15 or whatever he admitted to people had died in those few days right after the hurricane, but doesn't seem to be able to comprehend the fact that months and months and months without electricity is going to lead to deaths. And when the president also said something about them just writing down any old person who died, well, a lot of old people died before they should have because they did not have electricity. Or clean water or their medications. All of those things, all of those things. I'm seething enough just saying it myself. And I think that Alex Cora spoke very well about it and is getting actually a little bit of a bad rap because all the headlines are saying Cora blasts Trump. And I think that Cora spoke respectfully and eloquently and said it how it is. What he said was to be tweeting about 3000 people and being efficient. It's actually disrespectful for my country. And I said, like, hey, man, thank you for helping us. He went down there. He did what he did. I hate talking about politics and all that, but I think this is more than politics. Politics. So that first part, very first part, is what's getting magnified, that he's saying that it's disrespectful. And I find it very interesting that he used a very uh, nice word overall. He's focusing on the behavior, not the person. He's not being insulting. He's saying this act was disrespectful. The other part that really shot out to me is him saying my country. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about that word a lot in terms of Puerto Rico because they are part of the United States. But it sort of magnified it to me that maybe now people are feeling that even more because of the neglect that the United States has given towards this essentially colony. So there's that. And then he went on to say about Trump, I respect him. Which I wouldn't say, but he said, (laughs) I respect him. He's the president of the United States, but I don't agree with a lot of stuff he says about us. So he's just disagreeing with that. And an interesting thing was he did not initiate this conversation. He was asked this question about what the president tweeted 
as part of another media event. He was being asked questions about baseball and somebody followed up with this question. So he wasn't out there saying, oh, Trump, you bad man. He was responding to a question. I thought he did it very, very respectfully. He modeled good behavior. I would have been ticked. I would have let him have it. But that's I'm also not a manager of a major league baseball team. There are about 47 reasons why not. That's just the second one. And and this is a personal, super personal issue for him because when he also thanked, went out of the, his way to thank the Astros and the owner Jim Crane for what they did. And we talked about that many episodes back. But some of the people that the Astros evacuated from the island included Cora's mom, his kids, and his girlfriend. So these are people that he had to get out of there. Otherwise, they were in danger. And so for Trump to sort of diss that, It's pretty amazing, I think, that he spoke as respectfully as he did. And I'm glad that you said that about responding to a question because I was wondering why I couldn't find anything on other players and their response. And maybe we just need to ask them. What I did notice is that my buddy Yadier Molina, who have been following because of the Roberto Clemente thing, on those days right after Cora's statement and Trump's statement, he didn't say anything directly, but his feed seemed to be pretty busy with a little bit of flashbacks for all the stuff that he had done over the year for Puerto Rico and all the needs they had. I'm thinking he's trying to get the message out there. I like the subtlety. I'm going to make a couple of statements about a couple of players and just sort of leave them out there. One is that Brad Peacock, the reliever, a reliever for the Astros, just came down with hand, foot, and mouth disease. He is the third pitcher in the major leagues to come down with hand, foot, and mouth disease. No other players at all have come down with this baby disease. And he's the first one out of New York, too. So what's going on? That's not in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So I want to recommend to Major League Baseball that they maybe use some soap and water on the baseballs, and perhaps the pitcher should wash their hands just a little bit more. The other thing I want to say just briefly is that Juan Soto, future rookie of the year Juan Soto, is now the youngest person ever to steal three bases in a single game. God bless you, childish Bambino. Okay, on to the American League, Cy Young. We talked last week in relation to the National League about what statistics actually matter when votes are placed for the Cy Young Award. Last week, we talked about, is it strikeouts? Is it ERA? What is it? This week, it's more about how much pitchers have pitched. Right now, Blake Snell of Tampa Bay has 19 wins. That leads the American League. He has the lowest ERA in the American League. He is, interestingly, and you'll appreciate, I'm going to say Red Sox. Here it comes. He's the only pitcher who has an ERA under four against the Red Sox. Yay. Right? So that's pretty awesome. Now, speaking of speaking of I'm Red, Sox, say Red Sox, hey, again. I so like this. Chris Sale is a favorite among a lot of people, especially Potty Mouth, to win the Cy Young. But his he's been on the DL a bunch, so his innings pitched, that number, like how much he's been pitching, is super low. In fact, it's he's pitched about 50 fewer innings than Verlander and Kluber, who are also in the race for the Cy Young. And and he's not going to catch up any either because they are way limiting his innings. They're taking it slowly to make sure he's there for the playoffs. And there's only two weeks left. And so you're only going to get probably two starts, maybe yeah. three starts, depending on where you are. Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland team, also on the DL. He was hot and heavy in the race for the Cy Young, but now he's out for a little while. Who knows what that's going to do for him? There has never been a Cy Young winner who has pitched few, a starter, a starter who has pitched fewer than 200 innings. And we've got a couple on this list who have. 
So we'll see what effect that has when votes are when votes are actually placed. The wild card here. Oh, I'm going to say wild card, but it's not about the playoffs. Blake Trinan, former national, is the star closer of the Oakland A's right now. In fact, they call him the witch because of the movement he gets on some of his off-speed pitches. He has a 0.85 ERA, which is uh, uh, witchy kinds of numbers, and 37 saves. So he's also on a lot of people's list for the Cy Young, but he's a closer. Does that count? We'll find out. Let's keep watch on this. It sounds like no matter what, something weird is going to happen. Whoever wins, there's some exception to the rule, and they have to just see which way it goes, which way is it going to be. Yep. Can't wait to see how it works out. Let's go to Japan. Yeah. Japan. I have a question for you. So did you know that every November, not every, often, it turns out, in November, we send a team of MLB, quote, all-stars, I'm not quite sure how they're picked, to play Japan, the Nippon Pro Baseball team, all-stars, for more than just one game. They have like a whole series out there, sort of like a World Series kind of fashion. Um, No, I believe you're making this up because I've never heard of it. And I know a boatload about baseball, Patty Mouth. So this can't be true because I don't know about it. Well, we'll just have to Google it and let the Googles answer. Because (laughs) according to what I saw, it's their 37th trip since 1908, which makes me realize that there's no real rhyme or reason for when they do it. But they've done it a lot. And they're going to... uh, Japan from November 8th to 15th, and it's managed by Don Mattingly. Is it every four years? Is it like an Olympics thing? I'm trying to do math in my head, but I can't anymore because I'm old. Senior moments. Go ahead. So managed by Don Mattingly. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to do the math later. (laughs) Don Mattingly is managing, and some players have been announced, but not everybody. So far, we have a really weird collection of people. I'm dying to know who picked them. Third base, Eugenio Suarez from the Reds. Okay. Outfield, Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers now. I can see that. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. Could totally see that. He's going to be second to Juan Soto for Rookie of the Year, I hope. (laughs) Though it's really interesting to get a rookie in on this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's weird. Who knows what's been happening? Your old boyfriend, Reese Hoskins from the Phillies. He's not that old. He's Yeah, he's just (laughs) X. He's just taking a turn. And then Carlos Santana on the Phillies. So I'm not quite sure why two guys from one team. That doesn't seem quite fair. I was going to go with, oh, maybe they pick somebody from every team. But apparently that's not it either. I don't get it. It's not boyfriend rules. Well, and talk about boyfriends. You got another one on this team. Cool Wit, Wit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals, who have not been doing extraordinarily this year. And then we have from the Dodgers, Chris Taylor, who's a basic utility dude. Not sure how this group got put together. I'll be curious to see who else is going. Oh, I missed the most important person for me, that is, which is my boyfriend, catcher Yadier Molina. That's how my whole Uh, rabbit hole started. I was reading about Molina and I fell into this. Yeah. Because like most of these guys are pretty good. Yeah. But they're not. I mean, other than um, than Hoskins. Well, in Acuna, Acuna, they're not really necessarily like in line for like MVPs or that kind of stuff. Wow. Right. Not this like is a little weird. Not like who you would think of for like, you know, front page news kind of thing. But the the fun thing is that it's not just one game. They get to play a bunch of games in a bunch of cities and check out where they play. This whole story is because I wanted to say this. Okay. They're playing in Tokyo at the Tokyo Dome, of course. That makes sense. And then they're playing in Nagoya at the Nagoya Dome. Clever. Also makes sense. And then they're playing in Hiroshima. At the deep breath, 
Mazda Zoom Zoom Stadium. You are kidding me. <laughs> I want to go. This is not real. This is not real because no. Mm, I want to go to the Zoom Zoom Stadium. We have fucking like City Field and and I don't know other Safeco. Why don't we have Mazda Zoom Zoom here? Because the the corporations that buy naming rights don't have funny little taglines like that. So wait, what do we have? We have Capital One. Oh, we got What's in Your Wallet Arena. Not <laughs> as clever as Zoom Zoom, but so much all American. But so much all American. Can we? So I'm guessing we're going to be able to watch this somehow. I will find out and get back to you on that. Okay, because I'm guessing we're not going to Zoom Zoom. But one day, yeah. one day, you and me, we're going to Zoom Zoom. Wow. All right. This is going to happen after the, you know, the 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 postseason. We've got October baseball coming ahead of us. And you need to know some math, some game theory. Yeah, you do, because the National League Central and the National League West are in practically a dead heat for a lot of things. The Cubs and Brewers in Central, the Dodgers and Rockies in the West, and then teams just below them vying for for wild card stuff. Things are kind of nuts. The American League is pretty much straight up. We know who's playing. It's clear. There's a lot of competition still happening in the National League. So there are rules. And there's rules for what happens if there are two teams that are tied for a division um, a division championship. There are rules if there are three teams tied for a division championship and a wild card. There are rules for four teams. And, you know, that could happen given the way these these uh, the National League looks right now. There's nothing on the books for five teams, which technically there is a tiny little chance that mathematically five teams could be tied. That would be the best. I would love that. Well, OK, but they'd have to figure out what is our tiebreaker for that. And the, one of the problems is the whole snow day issue we talked about in our last episode, which is that the season ends on September 30th. The wild card games start October 2nd. There is one day to sort this out, and that is impossible if it's more than two teams that are tied. Let me tell you where the game theory comes in, right? If it's two teams that are tied, the team that has the best record against, you know, between the two teams gets home field advantage. They play one game that decides. Boom, we're done. Thank you, Coco, for that, your commentary on game theory. Um, if there are three teams, however, this is where it gets interesting. They have an A, B, C way of determining the playoffs. The team that has the best record against the other two teams gets to choose that they want to be team A, team B, or team C. They pick, and then the then the next, the other two teams, whoever, whoever has the best record between those two teams gets to pick if they want to be B or C. Let me tell you why this is weird and interesting. The A team gets to host the first game. They get home field, field advantage but they will have to play two games because they'll play the game that they host and the winner of that game will play Team C. Team C only has to play one game, right? Because they play the winner of the A-B teams, but they're going to play it on the road. So you have to decide for you, is it better for you to play at home and then have to play a second game in order to move on? Or is it better for you to just play one game on the road? I don't care where it is and move on. How weird is that? That hurts my head. That's I, a I thought lot it might. of letters and numbers all thrown together. I'm, I'm going to take a little bit to digest this. Well, we need visuals. Well, there, we've got visuals for you. Um, we're going to give you a link so you can read this slowly and read it over again. But I want you to start thinking about it now because some version of this is prob- very well may kick in because there are some teams that are half a game apart. That's a win. That's a loss. And then we've got a dead heat. And, and me and all of our listeners are going to be eagerly waiting 
exciting to have you explain it to us and hold our hands as this goes on so you can explain it step by step as we're actually experiencing when it. When I can put real team names in there and you can see how that goes. I'm here you for go. you, Potty Mouth, and I'm here for our listeners. And thank you, listeners, for being here for us. As we go through the next week, I we have I only have three more ball games that I get to go to. And one of them's this week and two are next week. And I'm already feeling a little bit of withdrawal. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you feel about that. I was at the ballpark yesterday giving blood, which was a whole new experience for me there. It you was blood kind for the of, home team. It oh, was... potty mouth. You're wonderful. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not for the actual players and their injuries, but <laughs> out there giving blood. And it was really cool to walk around and see nobody there, but it made me a little wistful, like, oh, there's only a few games left, and then the ballpark will be like this for a while. You know, I watched, before coming here to record, I watched a couple innings of the Nationals Braves game, and there was nobody there either. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Well, there's that. But in the meantime, we have some fantasy baseball stats quickly to go through. Not much has changed. Uh, Deborah's out there in first place for our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. And I have reclaimed maid of honor status, which means that I'm the top bridesmaid, never the bride. And Patty, you get two dresses because you're in double placed behind me. I am neck and neck with myself. So on the good news, the good news is I'm going to win one of those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yay. Yeah, but it's not looking good otherwise. Oh, well, there's two weeks. Anything could happen. Maybe we can implement some of these tiebreakers. Oh, that's a good point. Right? We can I, experiment. Only if it happens. I don't think so. I think you guys are now running away with all of this. Over the next week, I hope you get to a ball game because we only have a couple more weeks. Unless, of course, you live in one of those cities where your team is doing well and good for you. You may have more ball games to go to. But you can listen to us. You can tell your friends about us. Please subscribe. We're going to keep broadcasting. We're going to go through the through the playoffs. You're going to hear shows through the World Series. And then in the offseason, we'll keep you updated on what's happening. So please subscribe so you don't miss anything. Tell your friends. Write a review. Please do that. Check us out on social media. And until then, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth. <laughs>